Welcome to the Path to Podcast Success. My name is Evan Johnson, and I want to share with you how to develop and maintain a successful podcast. My guests and I will discuss all things podcasting and how your podcast can become an essential part of your business. That means more revenue, better relationships with your audience, and so much more. If you haven't already, check out our website at ipodcastedit.com and enter your email address to get each episode delivered directly to your inbox, along with some other free information I'm sure you'll find useful. Get ready to turn on your mic and join me on the path to podcast success. Hey everybody, and welcome to the path to podcast success. On this week's episode, I have Annie Lacroix, and she is a business strategist, educator, and public speaker. Over the last 15 years, Annie has built and run multiple businesses, including Columbia River Institute of Massage Therapy. She's also the owner of Brainy Boss, a business consulting firm that includes a podcast and a private mentorship group. Annie speaks about time management, leadership, and system development for small businesses. She holds a Master's of Science in Human Nutritional and Functional Medicine and incorporates this knowledge into entrepreneurial self-care, including health and mindfulness training. Uh, I had a lot of fun interviewing her because uh, a lot of those topics I'm really interested in myself. And hearing about all of that um, in the context of her podcast and how she's used that podcast in conjunction with her business was very, very interesting to me. And I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this. So uh, I hope you enjoy. Hey, Annie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I have been very excited about our conversation. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to it as well. So I like to start off in the same place uh, with all my guests, and that is, what was your biggest fear of podcasting when you first started, and Hmm. did that fear actually come true? Uh, Probably my biggest fear was making too many mistakes or Mm -hmm. saying something that I didn't mean to say and because I didn't want to do a lot of editing. And in some ways that fear came true, but I don't think it mattered. Like, I, I think it's okay to just be real. And sometimes you stumble on your words, sometimes you don't. And it, and it, it was fine because I just got to be me and not worry too much about being perfect. I think people put a lot of emphasis on being perfect in a podcast. And uh, so that was a big concern of mine. And I, I guess it came true, but to no, to no negative, you know, output. Yeah. You mean like normal speech pattern stuff, like repeating words or pausing or saying an um or something like that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know a lot of people might think about that because that's not, usually when you think about putting out content, you want it to be the most like polished, perfect thing you can be. Like if you're writing a blog post or like a social media post, but I have not found podcasting to be the same thing. So when you started did you like hardcore edit out every single imperfection or what no, was no and that was a that was a very planned strategy i knew that i didn't want to spend a lot of time editing and wasting my time doing that because i just was having a conversation right i was just talking i was interviewing people having a conversation and i wanted it to be real and so i knew that i would never be someone that would spend a lot of time editing and I, and I didn't, which means that several of my shows, they have, you know, laughter in them or little bloopers or ums or some couple shows have a dog barking in the background. A couple shows have a siren in the background and, and I just didn't worry about it. And it hasn't been a problem. 
Yeah. So no one has, you haven't gotten any negative comments. Oh my God, Not your podcast is horrible. Why, why didn't you edit out the thing? Exactly. No, no one said anything. And they're little, you know, if it was a major, sometimes there were yeah. major things that happened that I would edit out. But in general, it's it, the kind of interruptions that I leave in are the kind of interruptions you would have in a normal conversation. Like I'm drinking tea right now. And so you might hear me take a sip of tea on the podcast and I I don't think that's a big deal. Yeah, exactly. I'm really, I love hearing that because so many people feel like they need to do intense edits, but I think you should only edit for, you really should only need to edit for something like sound quality. So right. normalizing the audio levels of the voices, if there's a guest like this, right. like, you know, when I, when we're done here, I'm going to make sure our voices are the same level. And I mean, sometimes if there's like a constant hum or hiss in the background, I remo might remove that. But mm -hmm. otherwise, I only edit out something big, like if there's a pause in the conversation or yes. if someone's like, hey, can you edit that out? Or, you know, something like that. Yep. But if it's just like an um or something, that doesn't matter. And no one's going to notice because it's just a conversation and that's what people expect it to be. Has exactly. that been, that's been your experience as well? Yes. And I think a lot of times people let perfect be the enemy of good, where you want something to be so perfect that it keeps you from putting out your podcast or it keeps you from hitting publish, where your podcast is probably really good and it is great the way it is. And if you wait until it's perfect, it's never going to be that way. So just, and the message is really what's important. The content and the message is what is important. So get that message out there and without letting perfect be the enemy of good. Exactly. And I, I learned this from a, another friend online, um, a coach in the online space, progress, not perfection as well. Yes. Because if you wait for it to be perfect, you're never going to start. I mean, right. how can you make your podcast perfect, especially when you're just starting out? Right. Because I mean, no matter what, I think with every single person, episode one is not going to be the same as episode 10 or episode 100. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I actually, yeah. Yeah. I listened back to my first, I've only been doing it just since January, but I listened back to my first episodes and I just, I shake my head at how much different I am now. And that's just, your first episodes are always going to be worse. Always. Exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. it's always going to be really cringy listening back at that and going, oh my God, did I really do that? Or why do I sound like that? Yeah. Right. So that's something else that people need to realize is that it's something where if you do want perfection, you need to just start and then you, you get to perfection as you, as you move through. Yes. Cause I yes. feel like podcasting is kind of like a long game. Definitely. Definitely. And I think a lot of people, what there's some stats on this, you might know them, but something about of all the podcasts out there, only about 18% have gone below, but beyond nine episodes. I think it's something, something like, like that. that where, because people, I think it's so worried about that. It's not good. And it, I think the first nine episodes probably are categorically rarely good. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're bad. They're usually they're bad. bad. Right. Exactly. So keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> only, only when you get to a certain point, does right. it start getting better, you know? And that depends of course on how often you publish and all that kind of stuff. Yes. I know that like John Lee Dumas, do you know John Lee Dumas? Yes, yes, every day. Yeah, yeah. He, he did his whole thing was he was the first one to, to um, produce podcasts every single day. And he got to episode 50 and episode 100 really quickly. And so yes. he got better really quickly. But if you do one a week, I mean, you'll still get there. 
I know I do one a week and you know, I've already noticed a difference in how I feel on interviews, even after only like 20 plus interviews, you know, from the beginning. Yeah, definitely. So, um, tell me a little bit, you, you publish twice a week, don't you? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then why, what was your thought process behind wanting to do twice a week versus once a week or another number? Um, I, well, originally I was going to do once a week and then I realized I had so much stuff that I wanted to put out there that I, that I knew it wasn't going to be sufficient. And I also didn't want to do more than that just because of capacity and what other stuff I was doing. I have four businesses and this is one of them. So I wasn't in a position to dedicate, you know, doing a podcast every day and I wanted a different format. So on Tuesdays, for example, it's an interview format. And then on Fridays, it's a solo show that's shorter, where I focus on very strategic, actionable things that people can do for business. I focus on very small businesses. And Mm -hmm. so that my format, I wanted to interview some people, but I also wanted to talk about things and answer questions that people were having. So two a week with them being very different setups worked really well. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And how long is, how are they... So it's shorter, you know, usually like an interview episode ends up being between half an hour and like 45 minutes to an hour. And how long are your solo episodes? I feel like people don't, they might think about wanting to add a solo episode, but they're not sure. Like, do I need to get to a certain point for it to count or how long, how, how much, how, um, yeah, I try originally when I started, I was like, I'm going to make them 10 minutes long. I actually named it in the beginning, like a power 10, because I said, it's going to be 10 minutes long. And then I just realized that letting the time dictate the content wasn't a good way to go. So I try to keep it short. I really try to make it under 20 minutes or I divide it up into, you know, part one and part two. So I'm usually between 10 and 15 minutes on my, on my solo episodes, because I want them to be very actionable and I want people to be able to go and do something with the information. So it's a more limited amount of information in a shorter time. And then, as you said, my interviews tend to be around 30 to 45 minutes. Personally, I prefer, I have always preferred longer shows. Like I, I really enjoy podcasts that are around two hours because I can put them on and I don't, I know. And that's very rare. So originally I was going to do longer interviews where you just sit down and you, kind of talk about things for a couple hours, very Tim Ferriss style. But then I realized most people don't want that. So I keep my interviews 30 to 45 minutes and my solo shows, let's say on the average of 15 minutes. Right. That's interesting. I've never had someone talk, um, uh, I know. Well, <laughs> talk about the over an hour long podcast episodes. And it's very easy to get to that point, especially if it's in an interview format. It's very easy. Yeah. Um, especially, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you connect with the guest and it's something you're really interested in, then you can definitely get to two hours. I feel that most of the time I'm having to wrap up my interview quickly and it's mm-hmm. only been 45 minutes. And I feel many guests I could have talked to for two hours without a problem. So, but yeah. I just, and I enjoy listening to that because I enjoy when people get past that introductory part of a conversation and get into the meat of stuff. Right. And so I, I prefer to listen to that, but I also know, you know, when you have a podcast, you also have to go with what listeners want and most right, right. don't prefer a two hour podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know what you mean. How has, um, how has engagement been? Do people like your format? You think it's a good format that you recommend kind of one solo, one interview? 
Yeah, I I get a lot of great feedback, but pe- different people like different shows. I have some people right. that really just prefer my interviews and then some people that only listen to my solo shows. So it's interesting because I think that I really try to target everybody in the beginning, which is always a bad idea. And now I just figure I'm going to have some, there are some people that listen to both my shows, but I would say mostly I have people that are my Friday listeners and people that are my Tuesday listeners. And I get feedback because I get emails and comments and stuff from Friday people and they're different than the emails and comments from Tuesday people. So that's interesting to me that uh, it's just, it's just really different, but the feedback has been, has been great on both formats. I, Mm -hmm. I think I will say that I get more, more people tend to be listening to my solo episodes. So I don't know. I'm just kind of watching that trend and seeing what that's going to mean for me, but I tend to have higher consumption rate on those episodes. Right. Okay. So we've talked, we mentioned a couple times things in the realm of editing and production and whatnot, you know, that's what we've been talking about. So tell me a little bit more specifically about what, how involved are you in the process? Do you do everything? Do you outsource some amount or do you outsource everything? What, how involved are you? Uh, Well, I think it's relevant to say that the business that I do, the point of the podcast is about time management. And so a lot of what I talk about is outsourcing stuff and, and not trying to do everything. Now that said, when I started my podcast, I knew I wanted to do everything for a while. So I knew what the process was. So I intentionally did everything for the first couple of months, knowing that that wasn't my long, the long game at all, because mm-hmm. I, do, I don't want to be doing that. So at this point in time, what I do is I record it. I put in the intro and the outro. And then I upload it to Drive, and then I have an assistant who does all the rest. She, she. So I, I do the editing, but I do so little editing that I'm leaving that piece out. When I say I do the intro and the outro, I also do the middle editing. But that, that's there's a but rare. So little actual like yes. work. It's more just yes. kind of listening. Yes, right. it's yeah. And then I do. Um, I'll give her sort of the highlights of the show notes, and then she does the show notes. She uploads it to my, you know, she puts it on my publisher. She does all of that kind of stuff. And then she promotes it to all of my social media. So once I have it recorded, I'm basically done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you record it and then do the little bit of audio piecing things together. Yes. Now the next step for me is, is having someone do that editing part. My goal Mm -hmm. would next be to get to just recording it and sending that raw recording to somebody and having them put in my intro, my outro, edit the middle part and clean it up a little bit more than I'm cleaning it up. So that'll be my next thing that I outsource. Right, right. Okay. How much time, how much time do you think you've been saving by outsourcing what you've been outsourcing? And just out of curiosity, how much time do you think you will save when you outsource everything outside of uh, like the record, actually recording the episode? Right. Let's see. The time that I save by outsourcing as I do now is hours and hours because it's not my forte. I don't like to be on social media. That's another thing that I talk about is it's such a distractor and a time waster. Yeah. I don't like the show notes. I don't, I don't like to do those things. And so I save hours because of a couple of reasons. One, I don't procrastinate on it because my assistant needs it ahead of time. And then two, I'm not 
doing something that I don't love to be doing. And my goal is to be, when I go to work is to, for what I do to be what I love to do. So I save a ton of hours, but more than that, I save frustration. And that's worth a ton to me because I love what I'm doing and I did not want to get burnt out on podcasting. And I knew that was part of my strategy because I think for podcasters that try to do it all, those tend to also be the podcasters that have pod fade and get out of it because they get burnt out on it. And it's easy to get burnt out. So now, so I don't know how much time I save, except that I save a lot and I batch record. So I record like, I do a focus Friday series where I'll, I'll have a topic for the month and I record all of those episodes all at once in one day. And so my podcasting takes maybe two days a month right. where I record all my episodes. I batch record them. I upload them all to my VA and then I move on. What for, about the interviews? So, sorry to interrupt, oh, but like, well, what no, about no, those? Fine. The interviews, I do them as people are able to do them. So those right. are definitely not part of that batching. That Thank you for that clarification. I do those as people are able to, but I try to batch them in the sense that like for September, I did all of my interviews for October, November, December. And right. now in, in November, I'll do all of my interviews for January, February, March. So I do kind of batch in a way where um, I try to minimize spreading things out and I try to do all everything in groups. Instead of relying on the next week's released interview to be actually yeah. recorded the week before, which yeah. I think a lot of people do, they just kind of keep going. And I feel like all you're doing is constantly tripping over your own feet and hope, hopefully hoping you don't fall over right. because it's hard to be, and what if the interview, what if uh, the person cancels then? I mean, you're pretty much screwed at that point. You know, right. if the podcast is released in four days, your um, guest cancels on you and then. Yeah. yeah. And you're always stressed out. You're always, the deadline is what's driving stuff rather than you driving things. And so mm -hmm. I just did not want to be in that situation. Now, when I first launched, I did that for a couple of weeks because I needed to get going. Yeah. Right. And I needed to do that. But yeah, I don't want the deadline driving it. And I don't want the stress of something going wrong to be a factor. If something goes mm -hmm. wrong, it doesn't matter because I've got plenty of time to fix it. So right. the batching stuff was really to me as a game changer. Yeah, exactly. So how much time do you spend now on that stuff outside of recording out of curiosity? On the editing? Not, yeah. not much, not much. Yeah. Because, um, and I'm laughing at myself a little bit here because I really, if I'm being super honest, I could spend more Mm -hmm. I just don't choose to do it. So I have, I have my intro, my outro already recorded. I record my tracks, I plug them in. And so there's not a lot unless there was a major problem in the interview that I need to edit out. Other than that, it takes me as long as it takes to do the interview, right? So if I do the interview and the interview is 45 minutes, then I take, you know, 20 minutes, I don't know, putting everything in it and then listening through it one time listening through the whole thing one time to make sure I didn't miss anything and then going from there. So I don't know. I don't spend that much time. Right. Okay. So but pretty I much. I also think that, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Okay. I, um, I also think that it, you're, you had asked me a question earlier, how much time do I think I'll save when I outsource it? To me, that won't be about time saving. I probably won't save much time. I just will mm -hmm. have one less thing that I need to be doing that someone that is better than me is doing. 
right? Like right, I, right. I'm not a great editor. So to me, that's just going to improve the quality of my podcast by outsourcing that rather than save me time. Right, right. I know what you mean. What have you, what have you been able to do and accomplish with all of that save time? Would you say? Well, I, I mean, I, I won't, I don't want to spend too long talking about my own, the time management stuff, but I will say right. that my goal in time management isn't necessarily to accomplish more elsewhere. It might just be have time to go spend with my husband. It might it's be still an accomplishment, right? So, right. It's still an accomplishment, but maybe go for a hike, maybe do something. So my goal in time management is to have more space in my life rather than more time to get other stuff done. And because I do manage three other businesses, I have plenty to do, but my goal is really about um, just creating space and having some more free time than I think a lot of entrepreneurs think that they can have. Yeah. I mean, isn't that, I feel like that's one of the driving factors of being a, an entrepreneur that a lot of people forget when they start is like, isn't the whole point so that you dictate when you work so you can spend more time with family and friends and with yourself. Yes. But somebody that is geared towards entrepreneurship that wants to open a business, it has is usually they love what they're doing and they have a great work ethic and pretty soon the business just takes over in a way that wasn't, I mean, businesses that you're starting have require more work. Oh yeah. That are, you know, that are established. So there will always be more work in the beginning. And I think as entrepreneurs, we forget to get to fire ourselves out of that, the positions right. in business. And then pretty soon, five years down the road, we're still working all of these ridiculous hours that we did in the startup phase. So yes, but I think entrepreneurs are geared to be workers. So I right. think it's hard for them to do something different. It's working on your best business instead of in your business. Exactly. Yeah, which, and I also, I mean, working on your podcast instead of in your podcast, I feel like that's the same concept there as well. Yes. It's very true that a lot, a lot of the appeal, I feel like, of outsourcing the podcast work, obviously, I mean, it can be a lot of saved time. There's lots of things you can use that time for, both in business and just in life in general. But also, you don't have to think about, like you said, with wanting to outsource the rest of your work, I mean, it's not that much time, but it's still like, oh man, I don't, I, um, do I still have to do the podcast episode or, you know, do I have to work on this? Well, no, of course not. Someone else is doing it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I just realized something. I want to go back just a little bit. I realized something Mm -hmm. I left out. That's probably really relevant to people doing a podcast is most of my podcasts, my single episodes have a, my solo episodes have um, an additional worksheet or something with them. And so sometimes those take me time to put that resource together, but I have somebody else that designs them to look nice. So I have a graphic artist and he, he makes them look pretty, but sometimes they take, they can take a little bit more time. And that is probably something I won't ever outsource because I know what the resources I want them to be are, and they go with the podcast that I'm recording. So that, that is another thing that takes a decent piece of time, but because someone else formats it, that saves me a bunch of time. Right. Right. It's just writing out that content. Yes. Right. Okay. So with your assistant that does the podcast work, is that just out of curiosity, because I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about how someone outsourcing podcast work to would fit into the business. Is this person someone that does only podcast stuff or is it kind of like 
a bunch of everything, kind of like a virtual assistant. She's a virtual assistant. She does okay. a bunch of everything. And my podcast is one of the things she does for me, but she does uh, quite a few things for me that are all different. She does all my social media. And then she does some amount of just administrative stuff for me in general. So, okay. Did yeah. you have to, since you had already become familiar yourself with the podcast process, did you have to kind of train her on what to do or did she already know? Um, she is super resourceful. So she actually knew a lot what to do. And I just trained her on my particular process. of. Right. I just said, this is what I want to happen. And I trained her on that in a, in a very limited way because she really knew what she was doing. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I asked that because I'm sure some people out there have assistants already probably, mm -hmm. but they're thinking, well, you know, when I first brought on this virtual assistant, no podcast was mentioned as, you know, part of the job or anything like that. What if they don't know how to do it, but you can help train them to, you know, to know. Right. So, and yeah. I, and let me just tell you how I do that because I think it's a great little time saver is I use something called loom. I don't know if you've heard of loom. Oh yeah. yeah okay. I use loom. Yeah. I use loom. And what I would do is I, when, when I went to hire her, I just started doing my normal stuff that I did and hit record on loom and just sent her the videos. So when I say I trained her, it didn't really take me any time. I just recorded what I did and sent her those. So for people that are not familiar with loom, that is a great resource. Great resource. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I use that as well. And that's something that I, um, as I begin to grow my business and outsource some of the work that I do, that's something that I'm going to uh, begin doing because I did try and find some people to begin doing some outsourcing work for, but like sometimes it just didn't work. They just weren't, mm -hmm. did not, you know, so loom and making sure to record and, and share your process, I feel like is important and very helpful and not a lot of work on your part because you just do what you always do, but you just record it as well. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It's so, it makes it so easy. And you don't even actually, you can narrate it if you want, but you don't need to. I just recorded yeah. when I went to go upload my podcast, for example, I just hit record and I didn't narrate it. I just did what I normally do. So that's a great tool for people because it shares exactly what you do we, and you don't miss any steps. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So let's transition just a little bit into your podcast more specifically as it relates to your business. Okay. So what, you know, just kind of talk a little bit about your business. Sure. Um, and, you know, what, how, how it works, how it brings you profit and all that kind of stuff. And how specifically does the podcast fit into all of that? Like, is it, is it in and of itself an income generating machine or is it more just, um, you know, lead generation, that kind of stuff. Totally. So the name of the business is Brainy Boss and Brainy Boss, mm -hmm. the intent of Brainy Boss was to help very small business owners. I usually think of either solopreneurs or people with teams of about five or less, very small businesses, either start up their business or organize or systematize their business for more efficiency. So my specific niche is efficiency. Mm -hmm. And I started the podcast I, with 
no intent that the podcast itself would make money. I, I did it because I enjoy, it. it's a great way to reach a lot of people. I enjoy doing the podcast. It's a fun hobby for me. And I knew that the podcast itself, I, I, I haven't pursued sponsors. I haven't done any of that kind of stuff. And I, I, maybe I will someday, but that wasn't my goal. My goal is basically lead generation to build, you know, my email list and to get a following of people that enjoy listening to my show. And so the, the money part of Brainy Boss is that I offer consulting on a limited basis to entrepreneurs. And I have a membership program where uh, um, entrepreneurs can join the membership program for a monthly fee. And I'm in there answering questions, making resources, helping people out. I have a live Q&A every month and stuff like that. So that's an income generator for me. The consulting's an income generator. And then I also do public speaking about business efficiency systems. So those are the things that, I, and I love doing all of them. And But my podcast just, just because it's fun for me, I love to right. do it. And you could do it in your pajamas. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah, that's, but I started with the podcast because I think it's a great way to get the word out about stuff. Yeah. And have you found that it helps to establish you as an authority where if someone is possibly approaching you for consulting, especially with something like consulting where you need to be the authority on yes. efficiency, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, maybe you ask a question and go, oh, well, yeah, check out episode blank that talk all about that. Yep. I do that all the time. And what's interesting is I have been, I've been a consultant for over a decade, but I've never put it in the online space. So I have like I have authority locally with people that know me in person and a podcast was a great way to take that authority to a bigger space and to be able to share it with more people so that I, so that I could reach more people. So I think podcasting, not everybody's in this situation, but for me, podcasting was a perfect segue from doing what I've done for years and taking it to a bigger audience. Right, right. So you started as kind of a brick and mortar and then eventually transitioned to online. Is that what you mean? Well, I have a brick and mortar business that is actually a massage school. This is a whole, oh, wow. it's a whole different business, but through that massage school, a lot of my graduates needed entrepreneurial help opening their business. And so I've right. done that for years. I've helped startups for years. And then because I was helping my graduates do their startups, word of mouth, I helped other people with their startups. And then I really got into helping business owners who were working way too much reclaim time by putting systems in place. So it was brick and mortar, kind of accidental, you know, accidental business for a long, long time that came out of my massage education business. And then I just decided that podcasting would be a great safe because I was answering the same questions a lot. Right. And now I can answer those questions and I can e email people an episode. And it's also a much more economical way for people that are in a business to get advice because my podcast is free. And so people that maybe can't afford a consultant or can't afford to hire individual help can listen to my podcast and get a lot of very actionable advice about right. business systems. Yeah, because I think I think having a podcast, a lot of the motivation just kind of needs to come from a place of just sharing value and giving mm -hmm. support because otherwise it's going to feel fake. I mean, obviously you want a podcast to help with income in some way, unless it is just a purely for fun. Like, I don't know, like people will do like horror story podcasts or movie reviews or whatever, yeah. but 
if it's actually part of something you do for for money as a business um i know that's what that is a motivator but you just need to come at it from a place of sharing value to help like you said for those that may not be able to afford consulting um yeah why out of curiosity why the podcast why one podcast for one business you mentioned that you'd run what four businesses yes why uh why no podcast for the other three okay that great question so the first one the massage education that's i've had that business for a long time and it 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 just goes it's Mm -hmm. it is well established i don't really need to be spending that time on a podcast for it it doesn't there's nothing about it that it needs a podcast for. Right. And then my other two businesses are passive income businesses, rental properties and investment properties that, that right. don't need, there's not a customer base. I'm buying properties and I'm renting them out. So those businesses just don't have a need. But what I do in those businesses becomes a lot of content for the Brainy Boss podcast because I do know how to run multiple businesses and I share with people how to do that. So, yeah, yeah. because that's usually, um, that's something where those passive income businesses, once the main original business for an entrepreneur grows to a certain point, that's, I guess, when you can begin to add those other income streams when you have the capital to begin to invest and stuff. So yeah, all that comes into the brainy boss world and the podcast there. So yeah, that's interesting. Right. And if you have good systems in place, then you have the space to pursue other ventures. And that's a big part of it is sometimes people are so busy with their one business that even if an opportunity came up, they wouldn't have the capacity to do it. So by establishing and setting up good systems in your business, it just enables you to take another opportunity should it arise. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So, you know, as we begin to wind down the episode, what would be your number one tip for those listeners out there who are still unsure, you know, maybe they're thinking, Oh, I don't think my business needs a podcast or I don't know how it would actually benefit me. What would be, what would be your, your tip, your piece of advice for them? I I would have two. One is based on what you said. If you're going into the idea of podcasting because you think it's going to make you money, then I just would skip it. If you're going into the idea that a podcast is something that you would enjoy doing and you have something to talk about and you're passionate about what you're discussing, then my advice would be start. Just start. Just wherever you're at, whatever your qualifications are, whatever you feel like your speaking ability is, just start. But it needs to, I really believe it needs to come out of a desire to share value because you are deeply passionate about what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. And definitely, I mean, a goal can be monetary, but the main motivation needs to come from a place of sharing value, I feel like. Right. And if you are sharing value and your content is solid in that respect, then monetizing it will not be difficult at a later point. But if the first goal is, if I have a podcast, I'll get more customers. I, I suppose that's probably worked for some people, but I generally think it's not a good strategy and you'll tend to get burnt out faster mm-hmm. because you do need to build an audience first. Exactly. Yeah. M- money follows value. Yes. So, and value is more fun to, you know, do than just yeah. sold just for money, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for, oh, before we stop, um, yep. 
share where listeners can get a hold of you. Where can, um, where can people see more about you? You know, your consulting, maybe your massage school, all of that kind of stuff. Sure. Well, the Brainy Boss is at brainyboss.co and okay. that, that has links to everything. So the po- you can get to the podcast right th- from there. You can also listen to the podcast anywhere that you listen to your podcasts and it's called Brainy Boss. And information about me, information about my consulting and my public speaking and everything is all on that website. And then on a side note, my massage school is called Columbia River Institute of Massage Therapy. And it is in a little town called Wenatchee, Washington, the Apple capital of the world. And so if somebody wanted to see more information about that, that website is crimassage.com. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. All those links will be in the show notes for interested people to to check out. And thank you very much for being on the show today. I had a really good time chatting and I think uh, a lot of people will like the value that, that you shared. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Path to Podcast Success. Make sure to head over to ipodcastedit.com to check out the show notes and get each episode of the show delivered right to your inbox. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever audio service you use. If you want to continue the conversation, or you have a topic you'd like me to discuss on a future episode of the show, please don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you again for tuning in, and I'll see you on the next episode as we continue down the path to podcast success.